Hey, I'm Erin, and I am a freelance gaming writer. I'm Samantha. I play games for fun. <laughs> and we are sisters slash both women who play games, but I think that most people on the internet would call us fake gamer girls because we really like girl games. And by girl games, I mostly mean not shooters. Um, we play traditionally kind of feminine games. Um, like Animal Crossing or Stardew Valley or simulators and uh, you know we don't really care about Halo or Call of Duty. No sports games. And no sports games! <laughs> that one's for Sam's husband. No more FIFA allowed. No FIFA, no NBA. Just kidding. Um, so we just want you to join us if you also like girl games and you agree with us that there are no qualifiers required to being a real gamer except that you play games. So true. So true. Um, so I actually did a poll on my Instagram like a week or two ago, and 76% of my Instagram followers said that they are not gamers. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember what I put. I think that I said that I was a gamer. You said I, yes. But I think it was more like as a joke because I know most people don't think of me as a gamer. No, I think you count as a gamer. And I think a lot of people who aren't self-proclaimed gamers might be, you know, kind of in the same spot as you where they're not playing Apex Legends every single night and so they don't think of themselves as a gamer or they've never beat Dark Souls so they're not a gamer. But um, I also think that people who aren't gamers don't necessarily or say they're not gamers, don't have the right place to start yeah. um, when it comes to gaming because it's not like a super... I mean, I think gaming is accessible in a lot of ways, but it also requires, you know, certain technology, certain time, um, and certain knowledge too. And like the older you get, the harder it is to get into gaming. It's sort of like when you're a kid, like everything is easier to learn. Yeah, for sure. Like with languages or hobbies or skills. Yeah, like you're still trying to teach all the old people at your work how to do Microsoft Word. Yes, exactly. And so it's like, yeah, the older you get, the weirder it's going to feel if you hold a controller for the first time or you, you know, you just don't have that muscle memory. Um, and you also don't really have the knowledge just to jump in. Yeah, I think it's dumb too because like, yeah, I don't know anything. I don't, I could not tell you what Apex Legends even is, <laughs> but I can name like most of the Animal Crossing characters on site. <laughs> I can tell you what their first names are. I'm like, oh, look it, that's Goose. Yeah. And I don't know, that's gotta be, that's gotta be some indication of gaming. But... I think so. And it's just, and that's kind of the point is that there isn't, like, a qualifier for being a gamer. Like, you don't have to have played X amount of hours of a shooter or a sports game or an RPG in order to be a gamer. You just have to enjoy games. So what we wanted to talk about today was games that we think are really, really good for non-gamers, like good entry-level games to the hobby. Or maybe if you feel like you've played a few games but you don't know what else to do with your gaming habit... Like, we think that these are really good options for people like you. Yeah. And also another thing to note is, like, I don't have, like, a gaming computer. So you don't have to have a gaming computer to be able to play most of these games. Mm -hmm. um, like, Aaron has more of the equipment than I do. Like, I just have a Switch and a laptop. And also, I just bought a Wii. <laughs> 
Yeah, for what, like a hundred bucks? Just yeah, a yeah. used week? Yeah, it was actually $70. <laughs> so. So stay tuned for more reviews of old Wii games. <laughs> That's what the people want. Yeah. So, yeah, we have a few different games slash categories. So I will jump into it. The first one I thought was a really good game for non-gamers is something that came out last year. It's called Metopia, uh, and it was for the Switch. So this one is one that you will have to have a Nintendo Switch to play. Um, and if you don't have one, you can skip ahead to the next game. But Metopia is basically an ARP simplified RPG where you... It's sort of a jokey you know, silly RPG where you play as, you can create characters that are yourself and your friends and your family or. And it's it's Miitopia spelled M-I-I, like me. Yes, Wii. like when you make a me on the old Wii games that you would do. Um, and you can, or you can make characters that are like um, your favorite anime characters or celebrities and you go through this sort of, you know, silly RPG uh, RPG stands for role-playing game, and by the way, it's as like these characters that you made and have these interactions and you build relationships and and you can change their outfits and give them equipment and you choose their class. Um, and we both played it and thought it was pretty fun. Yeah, I like it because I feel like it's a good combination of like, you know, you get to dress them up and make them look cute, but there's also, like, some sort of fighting and, like, skill upgrades you can do with them. Mm -hmm, for sure. So, I thought that was really fun because I think it's dumb when games don't have aspects that apply to, like, people like me. Like, I want to make them look cute. Mm -hmm. Like, I should be able to make them look cute if I want to. Right, exactly. Where it's, like, there are tons and tons of really famous RPGs, you know, where you could play Skyrim or you could play, you know, any of the Elder Scrolls games or Dragon Age or, you know, Fallout. Um, I don't know any of these games. You know Skyrim. I know Skyrim. <laughs> um, but, uh, like, they are not super accessible to games because, you know, they demand a lot of prior knowledge of, like, you know, how something like ranged weapons would work in a game or, you know... Uh, navigating a controller where I played Skyrim with a friend once in high school and she didn't even know how to move the camera and the person at the same time and to me I was like well yeah you just do the two sticks on the controller but you know I think it's a good testament to um showing that it's not common knowledge especially if you haven't played it a lot so Metopia is a really good example of having those RPG mechanics um in a simplified way where a lot of it is clicking through interactions or making simple choices. Yeah. Well, and one thing that's good about Metopia is that you can just make it play for mm -hmm. you. Like you can basically just have it go on autopilot and watch what the like computer would do. And then you can take it off of autopilot and try it yourself, which is really nice if you really don't know what you're doing to just be able to watch it play through and then be like, okay, I'm going to do this thing instead. Mm -hmm. So it's actually one of the easiest games I think I've played recently, but it's still yeah. super fun. Yeah. And I know a lot of people have said it's been really good for families and little kids too, because you know, like they can sit with their kid or their niece or their cousin or whatever and let the kid make the choices while you just click the button. Um, and it's also turn-based, so that just means that you have a party of, you know, four people in combat, and each person takes a turn doing an action. 
So the action is sometimes attacking or sometimes healing or sometimes it's boosting a player on your team. Um, so that's what turn-based games are. And there's a lot of really famous turn-based games as well. And I think if you're someone who, uh, you know, is intrigued by that sort of thing, I think Miitopia is a good place to start. Yeah, it reminded me, like, of Dungeons & Dragons in some mm -hmm. ways. Yeah. Like, like I, it felt like a less nerdy Dungeons & Dragons. Not the Dra Dungeons & Dragons. I love Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> but, I mean, some people don't want to do it because they feel like it's too nerdy for them. And I felt like it was, like, a good mix of that, but still being easy and accessible. So. Yeah, and I totally agree with that. It had some really fun fantasy elements without being too high fantasy, where sometimes, you know, if you're getting into a new fantasy game or fantasy book or fantasy show, it'll be like, there's scrolls of Galthrius and the, you know, and it's all these crazy words and you have to understand so much lore about the world just to even like know what the frick is going on yeah and this did not really have that because it is a really uh sort of family oriented game so if you've ever considered you know rpgs um but you don't really understand the basic mechanics or you don't really know what the function of different things you know would be i think that Metopia is a really simple way to kind of get the basic explanation for sure. I mean, I say one downside of it is because it is so simple, it gets a little bit repetitive after mm -hmm. a while. But I mean, if that's what you're looking, sometimes that's what I'm looking for is not some something I don't have to think about too much. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, and I agree. And by the end, I was a little bit like, okay, you click through the fight, you know, but I also felt that way about Pokemon games sometimes. And those are literally some of the most famous, most well loved games in the world. And so I think I think a lot of games can get repetitive if it's not, you know, the perfect game for you. So I don't, it's just a personal thing. And, um, but I do think that it was, it did get a little bit repetitive, a little bit stale, but it didn't require tons of brain power and it wasn't stressful at all. I so. will have to tell you, Erin, our characters are beefing on <gasps> Metopia. No! They are fighting right now and I cannot get them to stop fighting. <laughs> it's just like real life. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, they literally keep fighting and every time when you have them fight together in like a battle and they're fighting with each other, your character will literally butt in front of my character every single time. <laughs> and it's so funny. And I'm just like... Yeah, and it's it does that a lot in the game. And the classes you give them are really silly. We're like, I think the class I gave you on on my game was like mad scientist and your powers were like you would shoot these explosive flasks. That's what I gave myself. I'm oh my gosh <laughs> I know you so well. Um or like I made my cat you know and she was a rogue and she would slice people with her cat There's claws. literally a cat. <laughs> yeah there is a cat. Okay I made her before I unlocked the cat class. Oh. <laughs> so then I made Hello Kitty the cat class oh, okay. but you know so it's it's very silly it's very lighthearted, but it still has those kind of traditional mechanics of you take turns you use magic points and health points um but it was really and i don't you know you've never played a traditional rpg in that sense before right like i mean i don't think so like the closest would be like legend of zelda i think which i don't really play that much yeah so i think that yeah and and it wasn't hard to get right like you no. the mechanics you figured out really fast and no yeah it was it was easy super easy yeah and I think that that's you know that's another point we wanted to touch on is that's kind of a testament to Nintendo in general they make very very accessible games 
And that's also a slight that a lot of people will like to use on the internet where it's like, you're not a real gamer, you're a Nintendo gamer. Yeah. Um, like, Nintendo's good, so why is that an insult? Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just a way people, you know, they want to feel superior because Mario's too easy for them. Um, Mario's fun. That's why it's been around for, like, what, like... 60 years now like yeah it literally well, not you, but it's a long time probably not 60 probably like 40 we'll have to look it up <laughs> um but yeah so just nintendo games in general i think a few other really good examples of simple nintendo games are some of the remasters of old legend of zelda games uh link's awakening was really good um especially if you're interested in like breath of the wild but the open world kind of intimidates you I think that taking on some of the what vintage games. What does open games. world mean? So yeah. open world is basically like there are there's not a linear story that you're required to follow. Okay. So for example, like in Detroit. <laughs> sure, yeah, we're gonna talk about Detroit later. Um, Detroit or other games that are kind of in that category. Detroit Become Human. Um, you you get in the game and you're in a scene and you act out the events in the scene and you interact with that scene and then you move to the next scene where something like breath of the wild or you know skyrim fallout these more open world games you basically are just in a location and you can choose if you want to go left or right if you want to talk to jim or bob if you you know that sort of thing and so open world doesn't necessarily mean like there are no limits to the world because there's usually a boundary, you know, and obviously it's a game, you know, it can't exist forever. But uh, I think, yeah, so open world games can be intimidating. I think taking on some Nintendo older titles could be really good for people who are maybe more intimidated by that. Uh, Mario Odyssey is sort of an open world take on older Mario games. Yeah. So something like Mario Sunshine or Mario Galaxy um, are very good precursors to that sort of thing. Yeah. And I think that we should say here that, like, obviously Animal Crossing is a game that we both love. Mm -hmm. It is, like, one of the, like, classic gamer girls or, like, oh, yeah. fake gamer titles where we're not really going to get into it a ton here but we definitely will talk about animal crossing in depth later <laughs> yeah exactly and yeah it's just another testament to nintendo makes accessible games that people love they're well loved and it's easy to crap on that you know if you're <laughs> if you have a weird superiority complex which um, i do not <laughs> i also do not that is why we're here um but yeah let's move on to the next category yeah, so the next one I actually wanted to talk about was... Um, Detroit. I actually wanted to talk about the Oregon Trail first. Oh, okay. Because I feel like I could tie it in later. Yeah, go but ahead. Basically, I want to talk about the Oregon Trail, which is a classic game that I actually never really played until the last couple months. You can play it on your phone, so anyone who has like a smartphone can play, I think, well, I don't know if you have to have an iPhone or not, because I played on Apple Arcade, mm -hmm. but I'm sure it's available in other I'm sure places. it exists somewhere online, although uh, Adobe Flash is no longer available on the internet, so a lot of Flash games, like mm -hmm. the ones that we used to play, don't function anymore. So it's for sure on Apple Arcade, it very easily could exist somewhere else or knockoffs of it. Yeah. 
So I want to talk about the Oregon Trail because for me, I don't have a ton of gaming equipment, but I play so many games on my phone. Mm-hmm. I play like a ridiculous amount of phone games. Mm-hmm. And this, my love for the Oregon Trail and just in general games with choices, which we'll talk a little bit more about later, probably stems from the game choices, <laughs> which you can get online on your phone, which is literally just like a, basically a visual novel. Or episode. Or episode, Exact yeah. same idea. Yeah, where you can just like, but the thing is about, about choices or episode, which is not true in the Oregon Trail is that you have to like pay so much money to do the <laughs> choices. It'll be like, I'm going on a date. Do I want to spend 50 gems for the sexy panties or wear granny Don't talk panties? About panties. <laughs> Literally, it'll be like, do you want to wear a trash bag? Free. Do you want to wear anything other than a trash bag? 900 real dollars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, you know what I think our love for decision games comes from? Is freaking. Dream Life. Dream Life. I don't know if anybody remembers Dream Life. It was these little, it was when you would plug into your TV, like directly into your TV, this little circle. And then there was basically like a tiny little TV remote. And you could choose how you answered people's questions and you could choose how you look. And you were just like a high schooler doing high schooler things. And then we had one that was like a pop star version or something. No, you had Dream Life Superstar. Superstar. And you were so picky about when I could play it (laughs) because it was your game like literally I feel like I had to do it behind your back I have younger sibling syndrome (laughs) um but anyway I will say about choices that there was a time in my life where I did drop fifty (laughs) dollars choices (laughs) which I would not recommend because the the joy that comes from it does not last it's fleeting But I did do that at one point. This was a couple of years ago. But anyway, so the Oregon Trail is not going to ask you to drop $50. But basically, you are a group of pil- pioneers. Pioneers. Not pilgrims. Same idea. Yeah, you're a group of pioneers leaving from a certain destination to get to Oregon. Um, but it's kind of like a management game where you have like morale that you have to keep up, hygiene, health, and stamina. And those four things, you have to make sure all four of your people have them well enough to not die of dysentery, as is classically (laughs) in um, the Oregon Trail. And then there's choices along the way of, like, things you have to do, trails you have to take, if you want to make risky moves to get there faster, because there is, like, a certain amount of time you have to get there in. Mm -hmm. You're Um, trying to beat the clock against basically the winter, winter you know because if it's snowing and freezing your health is going to te- deteriorate way faster so you start in the spring and you're trying to get to Oregon before winter hits yeah and one thing I like about the game is it's not like super punishing if um you don't win or get there in time like it's very tongue-in-cheek about like if you're like, maybe that's bad, but, like, if your characters die on the trail, they're just kind of like, okay, try again. Like, you can play it through as many times as you want, and mm-hmm. it's different every time. And so I've really enjoyed it. And there's actually, on the Apple Arcade version at least, they have, like, different trails that you have to get through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've beat all of them, <laughs> just saying. I only did... Maybe half of them. You, I showed you it. I had been playing it for probably three days, showed it to you, and within like two days of you playing it, you had 
lapped me. And I was like, <laughs> I've been playing this longer than you. And I played it as a kid. So I have no idea. You just got so into it, though. Yeah, no one will beat me in phone game obsession. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, this version of Oregon Trail is also really nice because the old version, if anyone played it, it was like it was like all green and it was just basically this text and it had little tiny sprites of people that would walk. There was like no animation. You know, it's just a text game. You would just read what's happening. This version is like beautifully animated, hand-drawn, like beautiful art. The characters have portraits. Uh, they have like specialties and it looks really, really good. And one cool thing about this version is that the game actually put in a lot of effort to recognize the stories of the indigenous people mm -hmm. yeah that you know not to get like too serious on a gamer podcast but the the indigenous people have stories in this and it shows mm -hmm. and actually has commentary from them on what these pioneers how they affected their lives so it's it's interesting because you can play as indigenous people in this version of mm -hmm. the game so yeah it's not just like it's it's very aware of itself and the history historical like context of the game yeah and i think it gives you a message about that as well like when you boot up the game it says like the developers have made a conscious effort to not erase the stories of the indigenous people who contributed so much to the lives of yeah. you know these pioneers on the trail and like and they saved lives a lot of the time. And it's it's really interesting and it does a really good job. Um, sure. And one other thing, this game also lets you choose difficulty. Oh, yeah. Which is really, really good, especially for, you know, beginner gamers where, yeah, like, I like to play on easy or medium mode. I am someone who plays a lot of games and I never freaking choose hard mode because why would I ever do that? You know, um, but if you have played easy mode on Oregon Trail six times... <laughs> You know, then you move up to medium, and then you move up to hard, and it gives you a different experience every time, but it also makes the initial experience less intimidating, because you can choose. And if you choose medium your first round, and it's too freaking hard, who cares? Go down to easy mode. Yeah, they, I think the easy one is called Sightseer, and it's more mm -hmm. about, like, you can collect animals that you see along the way and stuff, which yeah. is cool, so... Anyway, there's just a lot of... I love the game. I love phone games. I'm sure we'll talk more about phone games in general, but mm -hmm. it's just... It's a one that's really easy to pick up and play on your phone, and the... I mean, you can pause it as many times as you want. You don't have to finish it in one sitting, so... Like, anyone that's looking to play any sort of choice-based game, I think that's a good one to get... To dip your toes in. Yeah, and I think it's also a good intro to um, management games as well. For sure. Which we can talk about in the future, uh, you know, but we really like management games as well, you know, where, you know, Stardew Valley is a management game to some degree. You're managing a farm or Spiritfarer, you're managing a boat, like... Um, overcooked. Yeah, Overcooked, you're managing a kitchen. That one's like a crazy co-op game, but <laughs> um, I think it is a good introduction to kind of this idea of managing multiple things in a game and letting things kind of you know things change when you're not looking and so you have to stay on top of things mm -hmm, for sure and it was it was very fun though definitely would recommend yeah for sure and I'm sure that I'll come up with more phone games when I have more time to just really ruminate on them <laughs> <laughs> nothing like a mobile game to get Samantha really really excited <laughs> um 
Yeah, so then the next game I wanted to talk about was Unpacking. Um, Unpacking is a game that recently has been trending, like, all over TikTok. Um, And you might have seen it. It's a very simple sort of pixely style uh, unpacking simulator where you basically start in an apartment or a house or a bedroom and all your stuff is in boxes and you find places to put everything. And it's sort of a simple puzzle game. Um, and it kind of tells a story as you go through the game and it was, it's very simple. It's very interesting. The art was pretty. The music was really nice. Um, and I think something that I really liked about it is that it was a low stress sort of story. I think a lot of, you know, visual novels or story games can be really, really high stress because, you know, you know, and that makes an interesting story. A lot of the time you want to tell a story with a lot of conflict, Mm -hmm. um, but I think that this is a really good example of a game that is interesting without making me feel like I'm about to cry the whole time. Yeah, it was not stressful at all. You could play it at your own pace. When you told me about this game, I was like, that sounds so stupid. Yeah, you said that. You were like, it's just unpacking. I was like, yeah, but fun. Yeah, and I like literally <laughs> did not believe you. I thought it sounded dumb. But then I actually played it and I was like, oh, this is so fun. Like, mm-hmm. it's so relaxing. And the music is beautiful. I, I think the music was one of my favorite parts. Mm-hmm. Um, I made my husband watch his sports on silent so that I could listen to the <laughs> unpacking music. Um, so That's hilarious. Yeah, and I loved it. Um, it's a good, you know, sort of low-stress uh, story. And I think it kind of... It's not a visual novel, technically. But I think it kind of fits into that family of a game that tells you a story um, where, you know, obviously no spoilers, but if you play Unpacking, it doesn't seem like it has a story until you realize, you know, you kind of are playing through this person's life. And you start to get context clues about where they're living with, like what their relationship status is, you know, that sort of thing. Um, I think visual novels are similar in a lot of ways where they can be kind of a low stress story adventure. Um, a visual novel typically is just sort of a story that you click through and you can sometimes make choices. A lot of the time there'll be romance games, um, like dating simulators, or, you know, uh, like a good example I think would be something like the Ace Attorney series, which is basically, it's also a, I don't know if it's a Nintendo title, I know it's on the Switch. Um, you're like a lawyer and you solve these cases, but it's not like grisly, disgusting cases. It's very lighthearted and fun. Um, I've never played that one. I actually have never played the Ace Attorney series either. So if you hate it, I didn't recommend it. I just (laughs) thought about it. Um, Gosh. And I think that there are other examples that are really good. Um, Similar games would be like uh, Broken Age. I just made you try sort of a puzzle game story. Yeah, the puzzles are hard. I'm like, Uh I'm only probably a quarter of the way into it. And there's this one puzzle that I'm just like, I cannot figure it out. Uh But it's still really fun. Like, I'm really enjoying it. And it's very cute and like tongue in cheek. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and I think that there are a lot of sort of point and click adventure games like that as well. Like the classic Monkey Island series are like a really old, uh, very similar idea where you're a person walking around trying to solve a mystery. And it almost reminds me of like those old CD-ROM games. No, that's what I was literally about to say. Like, you know, Barbie mystery. Yes, like the Barbie mystery or the Scooby-Doo one. Or like the old... Freddy Fish. Yeah, Freddy Fish or like the Nancy (laughs) Drew games or Putt-Putt. 
Um, all great games. All really good games. <laughs> and I think that might be why both of us think that that kind of game is really fun, you know? It's sort of like you're in an environment and you click around. Yeah. And you can solve the mystery, but it's not like someone's about to shoot you at all times, you know? Yeah, they have... they caveat they do have phone games like that where you're doing like searches through houses through like cluttered houses yeah they also have those kind of games i love that and i think i don't know would you say oxen free kind of fits in this sort of a story novel game yeah i would say it does and has some puzzles and stuff but oxen free is stressful (laughs) oxen free is stressful i also have been playing dang and rompa lately how do you spell that d-a-n-g-a-n-r-o-n-p-a Danganronpa. Uh-huh. Danganronpa, our little sister, loves these games. They're sort of anime games, and I think they have an anime with them. Um, and it's it's very similar where you're walking around and pointing and clicking, except for that it is so stressful, and everyone's getting murdered every <laughs> oh, two no. seconds. Oh, so no. it's the same genre, but it's stressful, basically. How did we get from unpacking to everyone murdering? Yeah, but I actually am loving Danganronpa. I think it's so fun. But really what I'm trying to say, unpacking and other, you know, I think... Um, there's a one called Hatoful Boyfriend where you're dating like pigeons. I've heard of that one. That one's fun. Uh, lots of visual novels though. I think, oh my gosh, To the Moon. That's what I wanted to talk about. I haven't played that one, but I wanted to. Yes. To the Moon is so sweet, so fun. And it's very similar. It's, it's sort of a top down. It looks kind of like an old Pokemon game or an old Legend of Zelda game where it's those pixely little guys and they're walking around and you're kind of above them looking down. Um, but it basically tells the story of people's, um, excuse me, sort of dying requests. Mm-hmm. And you are a person that, like, fulfills these requests for them. And so it's a little bit sad, but it's so sweet. Um, and I loved To the Moon. I think it would fall in the same category as Unpacking as well. Uh, the one thing I want to say about Unpacking before we move on is it's $20 on Steam. And I, I don't know that I would pay that again. Uh, it's on Game Pass, so if you're a Game Pass subscriber, play it 1,000%. It's so good, but it's a little short for $20. Yeah, I I mean, I feel like it was worth it to me just because I enjoyed it so much, but it doesn't really have, like, replay ability very much. It's pretty much the same exact thing every time, mm-hmm. but it was so cute. I just wish that it was longer. Was yeah, thing. Like, exactly. I just wish that there had been more, but it was it was a wonderful, lovely game, so I think... Personally, I didn't mind the money I spent on it, but you just have to keep in mind that it is a little bit short. Yeah, and the nature of games right now, especially, um, is that they get updated a lot, you know, where a lot of developers now will release a base game and then they'll just release free updates instead of doing sequels and stuff. So there is potential that we could see more, uh, you know, games like this in the future, but or not more, not more games like this, more updates to unpacking, you know, new levels or new stories, but uh, that's speculation. So, but yeah, I think we both really loved it. So yeah. And then the next game we wanted to talk about, I think is like a step up from a visual novel, but mm-hmm. because it's still very choice based, but it's a little bit different. It's called Detroit Become Human. We mentioned it earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so this game is one that you play on the PS4. I think it's available on other... I think it's on PC. Oh, is it on PC? 
Well, now I don't. Now I'm doubting myself. <laughs> I don't know. We we really need to do more research on what everything is it's available. It's definitely on. <laughs> available on PlayStation. Um, probably the, also on PS Five. Our too. commitment to you guys is that we'll do more research on exactly what everything's available on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is a game I never play games on the PS Four. My husband has one. My brother has one. And this one was one that I just kind of watched other people play and decided I wanted to try it. It's it's what Aaron's husband always calls it a walking simulator because... Which is a real genre. Which is a genre. But I don't think is that... It doesn't really fall into that genre though. Yeah. So basically what the game is, is you play as three different characters who are androids um, in a world where, I guess this is a little bit of a spoiler, but not really, in a world where androids are slowly gaining consciousness. And, and they look exactly like humans. Yeah, so you play as these different, and it's one of those games where you can kind of choose if your character is going to be good or bad, mm-hmm. and you can choose a different, I mean, good and bad is very, like, black and white, I understand that, but you can make different choices to be more of a hero or more of a villain. Um, and it is so fun. Like, I love this game. I've played it, like, two or three times. <laughs> um, I yeah. make everyone play it. No, it's an incredible story. But it is hard for me sometimes to watch other people play it because I want them to make the choices that I want them to make. You're like, you're choosing wrong. Which, obviously, there is no right or wrong choices. Sometimes you die, though, if you choose the wrong thing. Yeah, for so, sure. <laughs> sometimes there's wrong. Yeah, well... <laughs> But anyway, basically this goes back to my love of choices or my love of games where you get to choose how the story unfolds. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, Which I was obsessed with as a kid, those books. Yeah, (laughs) me too. They're scary sometimes. Yeah, true. Sometimes it was, like, very brutal. (laughs) You're like, you die in the desert at the hands of a bunch of... You know, Ooh. radicalists. Yeah, you know, like, you're, like, you're like, I'm nine. I am nine. <laughs> this is a good book. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to spoil too much of the game. There are some levels that are a little bit intense and stressful. But, I mean, it is like an intense kind of revolutionary story. And there are three different plot lines that you play through. And they interact, they intersect with each other at different times. Mm-hmm. But basically you kind of rotate through these three characters and their perspectives and their stories. Yeah, for sure. Um, and they also, it's a really beautifully animated game. Uh, it kind of has a little bit of uncanny valley energy, but not really. Um, I feel like they do a good enough job that it's not really. Yeah, and when we say that, it's just, it's like that kind of... 3D animation, full motion capture, like, real people. And it's even, like, one of the main characters is a guy from Scrubs, I think. Or not Scrubs. Oh, my gosh. Scrubs? From Grey's Anatomy. Scrubs is, like, the comedy version of Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) Why did I say that? Um, Both doctor shows. I know, literally. And Scrubs is the only one I actually watched. But, um, freaking, like, there are some celebrities that you might recognize as you go through actors. Um, It's fully, like, voice uh, acted, yeah, and it has a beautiful soundtrack. This one does have so many swear words, though. That's so. true. So don't play it in front of your mom. I guess <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you're a little kid or that's listening to this for whatever reason. <laughs> it says the f word. It says the f word a, a lot. lot, and there may or may not be partial nudity. 
There's, yeah. It's like underwear nudity. Yeah, for sure. Um, But yeah, and I think that there are a lot of games that fall into this category as well. Sort of this, and oh, so we should talk about the mechanics of Detroit. Um, yeah. It's not, so you are walking around and it's a 3D game um, where it looks almost like very similar to something like, you know, freaking FIFA or Skyrim, you know, where you have a character that walks around. But like we were talking about, it's a close world game. So you're just going through scenes and it doesn't really require you to do any like sprinting around. You don't have to shoot anything. I don't even think you can run most of the time I if think, you want it to. Well, I was going to say, I think if your character ever has to run, it does it automatically for you. Yeah. Uh, what it does have is quick time events. And a yeah. quick time event is basically a button prompt where your character will be, somebody is about to punch you and you need to dodge. And so the screen will have a little pop-up and you know we played it on the playstation so it'll be like press the triangle button and you have like three seconds to press the triangle button yeah and you can play it on easy or Mm -hmm. hard i've only ever played it on easy because i'm not familiar with the ps4 really and Uh the controls and i mostly play for the story aspect of it i'm not playing but i know matt my brother-in-law he Mm -hmm. played it on hard and it was not hard for him exactly because he was super familiar with and he has the controls memorized you know he's played ps4 a billion times um but yeah it so it's that's about as complicated as it gets is it'll say press x and you have to press x um and i also played it on you know easy mode where there still are those prompts but they're not like devastating yeah and there's really not that many of them i would say there's more if you play in hard mode for sure yeah so, but super fun, and it's also one of those games where if you, um, you can, like, investigate, and the more thoroughly you investigate, you get more prompts to say different things to different characters mm-hmm. later. So, it is really cool. It's one of my favorite games that I've played, which is funny because I'm not someone who plays on the PS4 often at all. I mostly switch computer or phone, but this one is yeah. one that I'm super passionate about. Um, it's similar to games like Life is Strange, which you can play on your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also play it other places. Yeah, Life well. is Strange is on everything, and it's it's a very similar, you walk around, you talk to people, you explore the world, and then there's occasionally these quick time events. Yeah. Life is Strange is a little bit different because you have, like, powers. You have, like, time travel powers. But on the second one, you have different powers, but I don't know what the powers are in the second I see. One. There's another series by that same company called Tell Me Why but I never played it, but... Yeah, so, I mean, it's just similar to games like that. I'm trying to think of other Another similar... example, there's one called Beyond Two Souls. I believe it's by the same studio as Life is Strange, or maybe by the same studio as Detroit. Same exact idea. That one stars Elliot Page, um, and you basically walk around, make choices. That one's a little bit scarier, a little more intense, but... Um, also, if you're a super big horror fan, yeah, I was gonna genre, say, I was gonna say this too. The game you and Josie were until playing. dawn, yeah, uh-huh. until dawn is really similar. Stars uh, like Rami Malek. Um, what's the girl from something? Panettiere, Hayden Panettiere. Oh yeah, Hayden Panettiere. Um, I'm trying to think. There's a few like big stars in that game. Mostly Rami Malek is the biggest name, but. Uh, it's basically like a horror cabin slasher version of this exact mechanic where you do quick time events and try not to get got and make choices as well. Um, 
So if that sounds interesting to you, it's scary as frick and stressful. Yeah, I don't think I could play that one. I don't. I play games not to be stressed out. Yeah, and it just depends <laughs> on the person too. But you also don't really like horror movies, so. Yeah, true. Um. But yeah, I think that games like this are really good for people who maybe have never used a controller before. Yeah, for sure. I never had. Yeah, and I think it's a good... I mean, never used a PS4 controller. Right, and in general, if you're not used to the feeling of having, you know, a gaming controller in your hands, I think that it's a good kind of slow way to get used to that sort of controller and where the buttons are. Yeah. You know, where you... Even if you're not doing quick time events all the time, you have to press... X to interact with people and you have to press square to do XYZ, you know, like yeah. I think it's a good kind of slow way and it's a long game too and you can yeah. pause whenever you want. But and one thing I think is cool about it is the amount of money that they spent on the animation and making it beautiful mm -hmm. is you wouldn't expect it to be easy for someone like me to pick up, mm -hmm. but it is. Right. Which I, mean, I think is one of the complaints that people had about it that were, like, super into gaming. Right, but it's too easy. Yeah, but, I mean, I loved it. And I think for first-time gamers or people that are looking in... Or people who don't consider themselves gamers, mm -hmm. it's a really good one to try and get into. Yeah, so if you have access to that sort of game, I think that it's a really good introduction to and i think i bought it used at gamestop for like 25 bucks it's pretty old like i think that. it came out in like 2016 yeah so it's not expensive at all no. for, especially for a game for the ps4 mm -hmm. which ps4 is now an old console yeah so a lot of people have ps4 i think it was like the most popular console in the world for a long time um but yeah if you have access to you know any kind of any kind of sort of choice story game like that, I think that it's a really, really good fit for people who are not looking to like have to do jumps and backflips and not having to do swords and guns. Yeah. Um, but it still gives a really thorough story and you get to interact with it a lot. For sure. Yeah. I'm so I think that's all the games that we had to talk about today. Yeah. I will make I will say really quickly, I made a joke about sports games. If you play sports games, you are a real gamer. My husband is a real gamer. <laughs> we might have him on to, sometime to talk to us about the difference between sports games and te maybe teach us something we don't know. <laughs> yeah, but I think really just the point of what, you know, the thesis of what we want this podcast to be is sort of there is no type of game that makes you a real gamer. We talked about freaking phone games. Like, that's a game. You're playing a game, then you're a gamer. You know, you play the Switch, you play the freaking... N64 still, you're still a freaking gamer. Like, I just, I get frustrated when people are like, oh, a Nintendo gamer or a girl gamer, you know, because games are for everybody. Also, girls are 50% of the population. They're actually more than 50% of the population. Yeah! So... So don't be dumb. <laughs> yeah, girls can be gamers without having to be girl gamers. Exactly. Um, so I want to close with asking you, what's your favorite game you're playing right now? Right now, my favorite game. Hmm, that's a good question. I think you showed me Wildermyth, which I've mm -hmm. been playing. So I think, not my favorite game of all time, but right now. Well, yeah, I don't mean of all time. I think Wildermyth is probably up there as one of my favorites, which yeah. is kind of also a Dungeons and Dragons y type choice game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is, I mean, and that's fine. We can like the type of games that we like. And uh, yeah, if you are a DD person, 
and you're not like if you have a hard time finding people to play D&D with you like we kind of do uh Wildermyth is a really really good game for that yeah uh my favorite games right now I have two I already talked about Danganronpa I'm loving it it's on Game Pass I have a Game Pass subscription which is awesome and I definitely recommend um but I've been playing Danganronpa which is like basically if you're someone who likes you know crime shows, mystery, novels, you know, you're basically solving these murders. And I think it's really fun. Uh, I also recently been playing Ori and the Will of the Wisps. It's a platformer, Um, but I'm really stuck on a boss and I don't really want to play it anymore because it made me so frustrated. (laughs) And I'm taking a small break, but it's an amazing game. It's beautiful, gorgeous soundtrack, super fun gameplay. So that's my two faves right now. Nice. I'll have to tr- look at them. Check them out. And that is it for today. Thank you for joining us. We hope you try any of these games. If you do, hit us up on social media. Tell us your experience, and we will be back. Stay cool, gamers. <laughs> we will be back for more fake gamer girls content. Whoop, whoop. Bye.